Welcome to the Rick Reed Sermon Podcast. Rick serves as the president of Heritage College and Seminary, where he has the joy of preaching God's Word and training the next generation of preachers. The sermons on this podcast are taken from Dr. Reed's preaching ministry in churches, conferences, and at chapel services at Heritage. Well, I'm holding in my hands one of those computer memory sticks. Uh, they're really amazing little devices. You've kind of seen these things. They're, they're uh, sometimes called thumb drives because they're about the size of your thumb. And uh, they store quite a bit of information. In fact, this little guy stores more information than the hard drive on my first computer stored. I mean, this little tiny thing. But as impressive as this little memory stick is, it's nothing compared to the memory stick in your head. The human brain just blows away any little memory stick when it comes to storage capacity. Do you know our brains are are said to have 100 billion neurons in there? That's 16 times the number of people on the planet. That's how many neurons you have in your head. And those neurons make it possible for you to do some rather incredible parallel processing. And it also allows you to do a massive amount of storage of information in your head. Now, it is amazing that we can store so much in our heads, but it's not all good, is it? The problem is, is that we can not only store good stuff in our heads, but we can store bad stuff in our heads. So that means some of the things that you have in your head is, you know, just a blessing to you. But some of the stuff you've got in your head is simply baggage to you. I mean, it's in our heads that we stack up and store the sinful baggage, the spiritual baggage that we all lug around through life. We store up here some lousy attitudes or maybe some faulty ideas or some bogus beliefs. Stuff that we could call stinking thinking gets stored in the, in the memories of our minds. That's what we saw last Sunday. If you were with us last Sunday, you know that uh, we were talking about stinking thinking. We're in the middle of a series right now called Losing Your Luggage. It's a journey through Romans chapter 8, and the goal of this journey is that you actually get rid of some of the baggage that you and I have been carrying around for far too long. Last week, we talked about the fact that if you and I ever want to make it to freedom, we're going to have to deal with the baggage that we lug around in our heads. We're going to have to deal with some stinking thinking, right? Just as a bit of an aside, last Sunday, uh, you might recall if you were here that I began the service with a little, little bit of a, my attempt at humor was to tell you about this invention I had come up with. It's a luggage carrier. And it, the idea was like to have a bike helmet and then you would have bungee cords off it and you'd stack your suitcases, like on your trip to the airport, you'd stack your suitcases on your helmet and then cord it all up and carry your luggage on your head. And I said, you know, that idea came to me from studying Romans 8 because we carry our spiritual baggage in our head. Well, last Sunday after the service, Linda and I went to a family's house for dinner. And as we drove up into the driveway, there in front of us was this. I'll show it to you. Uh, we drove up, and there in front of us was this garbage can. And uh, a guy named Pierre had taken a helmet, put it on top of the garbage can, and then strapped a bunch of suitcases to it. You can't read the signs there, but one of them says patent pending. And, uh, and then the thing on the garbage can says stinking thinking. You know, we had a good laugh about that. But you know, it made actually a good point. 
In fact, if you look at that thing, really, if you want to get rid of your sinful baggage, you're going to have to trash your stinking thinking. I mean, it really belongs in the trash. And today, we want to learn how to do that, how to get rid, how to trash the thinking that's not helping us. Today, I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit of God can help you change your mind. How God's Spirit can replace stinking thinking with Spirit-led thinking. How to have your thinking be much more holy and healthy. Today, that's what we're going to see as we continue our study through Romans chapter 8. So would you grab your Bible again? We'll do this every week, right? We turn to Romans chapter 8. If you're using one of the blue Bibles, you'll find it on page 800. Today, I want to talk to you about the positive side of what goes on in your head. Today, I want to talk to you about minding your mind. How to have God's spirit help you mind what goes on in your mind. Today, we're going to do some more thinking about our thinking and see how God's spirit can help us mind our mind. Let's pray. And then I want to read for us our verses today. Our focus verses are verses 5 through 11. Romans chapter 8, 5 through 11. Father, this morning, here we are, and once again, we're here saying we are people who need to hear from you. It is your word that is truth. It is your word that's life. It reorients our thinking. It redirects our steps. And so today, I pray that you will do what you do so well, and that is take your word by your spirit and let it find a home in our heads and hearts. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me read for you verses 5 through 11. It says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds, notice all the words about thinking here, have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. But you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your Spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. This morning, we want to revisit these verses. We read them last week, but today I want to talk to you about the positive side of what goes on in your head, about minding your mind. And if you go back with me to verse 5, the first thing I want you to notice that's going to help you mind your mind, that helps me mind my mind, is simply this. Verse 5 makes it clear that minding your mind requires God's Spirit inside. If you want to mind your mind, here's the basic thing. you got to have God's Spirit living inside of you. Minding your mind is going to require something. It's going to require that you have God's Spirit in you. Notice how God's spirit is mentioned there twice in verse five. Look at it, please. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. So if you want to have your 
mind set on the right things, you need the Holy Spirit's help. You need the Spirit of God inside of you. Verse 5 is talking about two different ways of thinking, two different mental operating systems, if you will. One is uh, the operating system according to the sinful nature, it says, and one is according to the Spirit. Maybe you could picture it this way. Picture your head as a very sophisticated computer, okay? Now, we're more than computers, but just for a moment, picture your head as this wonderful computer, and inside uh, the hardware would be your brain, and the software, the operating system would be your mind. Verse 5 is saying that you either have one of two operating systems running in your head right now. It's kind of like those, uh, you see those Mac PC commercials? Where the one guy says, you know, says, hi, I'm a PC. And then the other guy goes, hi, and I'm a Mac. And then they go at it, kind of telling, you know, which one's better. Well, verse 5 is kind of like someone stepping up and saying, hi, I'm a mindset on the sinful nature. And then the other one says, hi, I'm a mindset on the things of the Spirit. And the point verse 5 and the rest of the passage is going to make is this. If you want to get rid of your sinful baggage and your stinking thinking, you need the right mental operating system. But here's the bad news. The Bible says that every one of us starts with the wrong operating system running. I mean, when you were born, you had the wrong operating system already installed in your head. You, you naturally inherited that kind of mindset on the sinful nature. So get this, your default thinking is going to lead you towards selfishness and ultimately towards sinful baggage. In fact, your default thinking, verse 7 says, is actually hostile to God. The way you came into life, your normal thinking is hostile to God. That's what verse 7 says. Look at it. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. See, that kind of the, the operating system that you inherited in your head was willing to have God around for when you needed him, but you didn't want him to try to run your life. And that, by the way, leads to death. Verse 6 says that. The mind of sinful man is death. So the bad news is that every single one of us starts out life with the wrong mental operating system, a mindset on the sinful nature. Ah, but here's the good news. It's possible to get a new operating system. You don't have to live with the one you got when you were born. You can have a better one. One, according to verse 6, that leads to life and peace. And the new operating system is the mindset on the spirit. Ah, but here's the deal. If you want to have the new operating system, if you want to have a new mindset, you have to have the spirit of God living inside of you. You have to have God's spirit inside of you if you want to have a new mindset. It's kind of like uh, if you ever buy some software for your computer at home, you'll notice that on the box, often it will list what they call the minimum system requirements. You ever seen that? It'll say like, if you want to run this software, you got to have this level of processor and this much RAM and all that stuff. Well, if you want to have the new mental operating system, uh, system in your head, you also have to meet the minimum spiritual requirement. And the minimum requirement is this. You need God's spirit living inside of you. In fact, if you look at our passage today, notice how it talks about God's spirit inside, inside. Look at verse nine, chapter eight. Verse nine says, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you, see it. Now look at verse 11. 
And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So the, the essential thing, if you want a new mindset, is you have to have the Holy Spirit living in you. By the way, let me add something here. This is, what, this is one of the things that sets apart what I'm talking about today, kind of a Christian view of, of minding your mind. It sets that apart from what might be called the positive mental attitude crowd or the PMA stuff. You familiar with positive mental attitude? Which kind of says, like, if you, if you control your thinking, you'll have a better life. Now, I would say that there is some truth to what the positive mental attitude folks are saying. Certainly, a positive mental attitude is better than a negative mental attitude, wouldn't you say? But here's the problem. The positive mental attitude folks typically say, you have it in you to change your thinking. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. You don't have it in you to really change your thinking. You need more power than you naturally have. Why you need God's power. You need God's spirit living inside of you. So minding your mind is going to require the spirit of God inside, which leads to the $64,000 question, right? Which is, well, how do you get God's spirit inside of you? Well, verse nine really gives us an answer to that points us to the answer. How can you know if God's spirit is inside of you? How can you know? How do you, do, how do you get there? Look at verse 9. You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. Now catch this next verse, or next phrase. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. You know what he's saying? If you don't have the Spirit of God living inside of you, you don't belong to Christ. Now flip that around and you'll get the answer. If you flip it around, it'd be this. If you belong to Christ, you will have the spirit of Christ living inside of you. So how do you get the spirit of God living inside of you? Well, it's by belonging to Christ. And how do you belong to Christ? Well, that's very simple. You give yourself to him, right? You come to Jesus by faith and you say, Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your life in me. I don't want to do this thing all by myself. So I give myself to you. I want to belong to you. I trust in you. I hope in you. I want to be a Christ follower. Now, when you do that, you belong to Christ and Christ's spirit now moves inside of you. And now you've got the capacity to have a new mental operating system going. See, minding your mind requires God's spirit inside. Now, if you're tracking with me, you may be thinking something like this. Okay, okay, well, I think I've done that. I've, I've given myself to Christ. I believe in him. So that must mean that since I've done that, all my bad thinking will automatically go away and all the good thinking will automatically come. And I would say, not so fast. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says there's going to be some work required on your part, on my part. In fact, there's a second thing that we're going to find from our passage today about minding your mind. Something that kind of balances it out. First thing is you got to have God's spirit inside. But here's the second thing. Second thing I want to show you is this. Is that minding your mind means setting it on the right things. Okay, here's going to be our part. Setting your mind on the right thing. Minding your mind means setting your mind on the right things. Setting it on the right things. I get that from verse 5, which talks about setting your mind. Look at verse 5, please. 
Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. You see, in either case, there is, there is somebody setting their mind. There is a mindset. Literally, the text uh, could be translated, they think the things of the spirit. By the way, the same Greek term translated have their mindset shows up in Colossians chapter three, verses one and two, where it says, set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. So setting your mind means putting conscious effort, intentional focus. It means directing your thoughts in a certain direction. And that's something that you and I now have to do. Oh yes, we need God's power to do it. But listen you still have to make some choices about what goes on in your head. You have to set your mind if you're going to mind your mind. And you may say, okay, I, I do want to do that. I want to set my mind in the right thing. How do I do that? What does it look like to set your mind in the right direction, to set your minds on the right thing? Well, that's what I want to talk about for the rest of my time with you this morning. I want to talk to you about a bit of a process of setting your mind on the right things about cooperating with God's spirit to change your thinking. And this morning, what I want to do is show you four things that are, I believe are involved that are essential. If you and I want to take our responsibility of setting our minds on the right thing, let me give you four key words, which will remind you of four key thoughts. And if you and I can set our minds in this direction, it will help it will help us do our part in seeing a change of that old stinking thinking, trashing that and replacing it, filling it up with good stuff. Okay, let me give you four keywords. First word is this, recognize. The first thing that's going to have to happen if you and I are going to really see our, our minds get set in the right direction is that we're going to have to recognize what's going on in our heads. Recognize. You see, every one of us right now has, as, even as we're sitting here, even as you go through life, even as you're doing your day, your head is able to kind of do parallel processing, which means that you and I have the equivalent of mental music playing in our heads most of the day. I'm not talking about having songs run through your head. I, I have that sometimes. You ever have that where you just have songs and it's like, how's that song? It just keeps playing. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about thoughts that play like it's been hit. Someone hit repeat and it's just going, that same thought is going through over and over, but it's kind of like music in that it's in the background. And sometimes we're not even aware of it. We're going through our day doing other things, but there in the back of our heads, it's processing, it's thinking. And the first step to doing some change is when the Holy spirit helps us recognize what music is playing in our heads, in our minds. And often what the spirit of God will do is he'll kind of remind us like, hey, 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 think about what you're thinking right now. And all of a sudden you'll recognize, you'll go, you know what I'm thinking about right now? Whoa, uh, I'm, I'm going back to the old playlist. I'm playing the old songs of self-pity. That's what's playing in my head right now. The old kind of, you know, mournful tune of self-pity or of of bitterness. I'm replaying kind of the old thoughts of why I still have some angry feelings towards so-and-so or the old thoughts of despair or pride or whatever it is. And if the spirit of God is going to work and help us, he first calls to our attention. Hey, 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 what's going on in your head right now? 
By the way, one of the ways I've found that he gets my attention about what I'm thinking about is I'll notice some like what I'm feeling. And then if you ask yourself, here's what I'm feeling. Now, what was I thinking about recently? Often you'll find that, oh, the reason, man, I'm feeling this way because I was thinking that way. And the Spirit of God begins to go to work and help us think about our thinking. Recognize it. Whoa. So that's the first step. Recognize. Which leads to a second word, which is our responsibility. And that the second word is going to be the word repent. Repent. When the Spirit of God points out some stinking thinking, our immediate move, our, our like instinctive move is supposed to be at that moment to repent. Here's something that I find fascinating. Do you know that the Greek word for repent, which is metanoiao, or the, the noun form is metanoia. Do you know that literally means, if you bring that word into English, it literally means to change your mind. So the Greek word for repentance means to change your mind because change begins in your mind, right? So the first step is kind of, I recognized it and now I repent. You say, well, what does that look like? Well, you know what it looks like for me? It looks, it looks like just a prayer, a prayer that would say, Lord, I am so sorry. Here I, man, there I was going again. I'm allowing my mind to dwell on the old hurts of the past. I confess that. I, I am sorry for that. Or Lord, here I was again. I was just giving way to a feeling of despair. And I was just going over all the reasons why things are going to go south and they're not going to go well. And I was playing those things over. And I, I want to change that. I want to hit the stop on that, on that track that's playing in my head. Or repentance could look like saying, Lord, you know what I was doing right now. I was just mentally kind of competing with other people. There's a lot of pride stuff stirring in my heart right now, and I'm trying to compare myself and compete with these people. That's what's going on, and I choose to confess that and renounce that. You can do that in a heartbeat. So you recognize, right? The Spirit of God says, wow, this is not, this is not thinking that pleases me. And then I say, Lord, I, I, want to get, I want to change my mind on that. Spirit of God, I come to you. And I repent. And then the Spirit of God, as it were, brings me again to the cross. And I remember that Jesus died for those sins. And that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And I say, Lord, thank you so much that you forgive me again. Man, I've been here so many times. But thank you that the cross is sufficient for this time. So, recognize, repent. Here's the third word. Replace. Replace. See, our minds were designed to be active, right? So it's not enough just to hit the stop button on the bad thinking. You've got to hit the fast forward and get it to a new track, a new channel, and you need to replace kind of what was stinking with something that is spirit-led. You say, well, what do I think about? What do I replace it with? Well, verse 5 tells you. Look at verse 5. It says, those who live halfway through in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So what do you set it on? You set it, your mind, you replace it, you set your mind on what the Spirit of God desires. You go, okay, well, what's that? How do I know what the Spirit of God desires? Well, here is one surefire way that you can know what the Spirit of God desires. You can set your mind on a piece of Scripture. And I know that that's what the Spirit of God desires because the Spirit of God inspired the Word of God. 
So what you do is you replace that old thought and you have ready a piece of scripture, a passage of scripture, a verse of scripture that you can substitute for what was stinking a minute ago in your head. Here's how it might play out. All of a sudden you're going through your day and the spirit of God taps you on your mind and says, what's going on in your head right now? And you think about it and you go, oh, you know what I'm doing? I am just fretting right now. I am worrying. I am, I'm going over all the things that I'm kind of, you know, hesitant about. I, I'm my health. I'm concerned on that, our finances with what's going on in our world and my mind stewing on all the stuff that I'm worried about. And then the spirit of God says, is that, is that the mindset you want? And I go, no, no, Lord, that's not what I want. You said, we're not to be given over to worry. So I repent of that. Lord, uh, thank you for the forgiveness that's at the cross. And I say no to that. And now, Lord, I need to replace that. And then I have ready the verse from maybe Philippians 4, 6. that says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And I say, Lord, I want to just thank you in this moment that I don't have to worry about this. I can pray about it. Lord, you know our financial situation. You know my health deals. You know whatever it is. I bring that before you again. It's on my heart, and I want to say I'm trusted in you. Please help me with that. You see the process there? Recognize, and then repent, and then replace. Now, here's the deal. All three of those things you can do in under a minute, right? That's not, as soon as you recognize Then you quickly run back and say, Lord, I I repent of that. I come to the cross again and I receive your forgiveness and now I replace it. But there is a fourth thing that you can't do in a minute. The fourth thing that I want you to show is really going to take a lifetime. This fourth one is so, so crucial. And the fourth key word is the word reinforce. Reinforce. It's here that you begin to develop patterns that are patterns of health and strength, not just for the emergency, but for all of your life. You see, the first three, one, two, and three, recognize, repent, and replace, those are all, really, you're playing defense when you're doing those, right? You're just kind of defense. Number four, you go on the offense. The first three are really about being reactive. Something's hitting me, oh, man, I don't want to do that. I'm going to change it. Number four is about being proactive. The first three are kind of like going to the doctor when you're sick. Like, oh, Lord, I, uh-huh, I got infected with this lousy virus of worry or whatever it is. I come to you. The fourth one is about going to the gym to stay healthy. The fourth thing is about building in some rhythms into your life that reinforce things in your head so you're not always just playing defense. You say, well, how do I do the reinforcement thing? Well, let me tell you two things that have been very helpful for me when it comes to trying to reinforce what I want my mind to be set on. Two things that you and I can do. These are two things that I'm trying to implement in my life, and I, and I offer them to you. Here's the first one. If you want to reinforce your thinking so it's set on, set on the things of the Spirit, here's the first. Marinate your mind in Scripture. Marinate your mind in Scripture. I'm not talking just about taking one verse and using it for like a verse on worry. I'm talking about a much broader thing. I'm talking about learning to soak up the scripture. Some of you like to have a a wonderful, I bet some of you have a wonderful marinade in your house where like when you do a barbecue, you kind of have the certain marinade. Everyone goes, ah, I love that marinade. And what you do is, right, you put the meat in there and you let it soak until it absorbs slowly all the flavors 
man, when I say this sermon at 11, it's going to be a problem. We're going to be getting close to lunch and people right then are going to start losing me and thinking about whatever, right? But you know what I'm talking about? Marinade, right? That's what you need to do with your mind in scripture. You read it like every day. You study it. That's why we gave you a study guide. Stay at that study guide. You memorize it. You meditate on it. You, you begin to absorb what's in the scripture, not just in a crisis moment. You just do this as a pattern of your life. And you know what will happen? It'll change your mind. Over time, it will change your mind. One of my favorite books of all time, and I would encourage this one to you, especially if you're newer in your faith. It's a book called The Fight by John White. And I want to just read you what John White says happened in his life as a result of just marinating his mind in scripture. Listen to what he says. He says, Bible study has torn apart my life and remade it. That is to say that God through his word has done so. In the darkest periods of my life, when everything seemed hopeless, I would struggle in the gray dawns of many faraway countries to grasp the basic truths of scripture passages. I looked for no immediate answers to my problems. Only did I sense intuitively that I was drinking drafts from a fountain that gave life to my soul. Slowly, as I grappled with textual and theological problems, a strength grew deep within me. Foundations cemented themselves to an otherworldly rock beyond the reach of time and space, and I became strong and more alive. I love this part. He says, if I could write poetry about it, I would. If I could sing through paper, I would flood your soul with the glorious melodies that express what I have found. I cannot exaggerate, for there are no expressions majestic enough to tell of the glory I have seen or the wonder of finding that I, a neurotic, unstable, middle-aged man, have my feet firmly planted in eternity, and I breathe the air of heaven, and all of this has come to me through a careful study of of scripture. Do you get what he's saying? He's going, man, I'm just this neurotic middle-aged guy, but I'm stable. And I'm stable because over the years, I developed a pattern of marinating my mind in the scriptures. I've been trying to do that most of my life. And I would say with John White, if there's any stability there, it's because God has shaped my thinking little by little, slowly by slowly. And can I say to you, if you want to change your mind, you're going to have to spend some time in the word. So that's the first thing. Marinate your mind in scripture. Here's the second one. Eliminate whatever hardens your heart. If you want to reinforce your thinking, you got to eliminate, not just marinate, but eliminate whatever hardens your heart. Hey, look up here for a second. Catch this. If you want to be spiritually healthy, you have to watch what goes into your mind. Just like if you want to be physically healthy, you have to watch what goes into your mouth, right? A couple of years ago, I was at the doctor and he told me my cholesterol numbers are like too high. And he said, you know what? Uh, this is not a good sign for you. You're a younger man. And if, you, if your cholesterol keeps going this way, this is not, I mean, we're talking perhaps stroke, heart attack, a lot of bad things. And one of the things he told me I had to do was to watch more closely what I put in my mouth. I'd never really had to watch that before. I just kind of liked what I, you know, if I liked it, I stuck it in there and it seemed to work out okay. 
And now all of a sudden I find myself reading labels on stuff, you know, like, does this have trans fats in it? And um, what percentage is saturated fats? And I'm trying to keep the cholesterol numbers lower. Here's why. I value my heart more than my taste buds. Now, spiritually speaking, here's the same thing. If you want to have a spiritually healthy heart, you got to watch what you put in your head. You cannot stand for cognitive cholesterol to start clogging up your, your head because it will ultimately harden your heart. So that means you're going to have to be really selective in what you put into your mind. Now, some things you don't have a choice. They just come bombarding you. But what do you choose to put in your mind? I would suggest that when it comes to being selective, you read the label of Philippians 4.8. Here's a little good recipe of what to stick in your head. Listen to Philippians 4.8. It says this. Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything excellent or, or praiseworthy, think on such things. Man, here's, here's a, a standard, the Philippians 4.8 standard. And if you and I will let that standard dictate what we stick in our heads, you know what will happen? It will change what TV programs we watch, what DVDs we rent. If you run it by Philippians 4.8 and go, do I want to watch this one? Do I want to put this in my head? Well, let me run it by Philippians 4.8. It will change what books or what blogs or what magazines you read. You might not pick up the magazine on the checkout of the grocery store anymore if you go by Philippians 4.8. It'll change, it'll change the music that you listen to, that you let flood your soul and fill your head. Philippians 4.8 caused me to change the channels on a, a certain radio or a certain sports talk show I used to like to listen to. I kind of enjoyed hearing about the latest stuff and the sends and all this, but the hosts of that show always got off color. And after a while, I thought, man, I do not need this in my head. I want to get the scores, sure, but I don't need the rest of the stuff. And so I just had to say, you know what? I value my heart more than, you know, kind of my taste buds on this one. Philippians 4.8 will change the way that you look at what you put in your head. Susanna Wesley, mother of John Wesley, once gave him some priceless advice. Listen to what she said to John. She said, John... Whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, and takes the relish off spiritual things, that to you is sin. Whoa. In other words, whatever hardens your heart towards God, whatever makes you dull spiritually, that to you is so much cholesterol. And eliminate whatever hardens your heart. And that's how you reinforce the mindset that you want to have. Now, you may be listening to this and going, man, this sounds like a lot of work. This sounds like it's too hard. Man, to be that selective, uh, how important is this? Well, I say it's super important because the last thing that I'll leave you with is this. Here's why you and I should do it. Minding your mind will lighten your luggage. If you'll do this, by the Spirit's help, minding your mind will lighten your luggage. I say that because verse 6 says, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The more your mind is on the way the Spirit wants it to go, the more you will experience life, vitality, vigor, health. Spiritual health will come to your body and your mind, and you will walk with God in a better way. And it will give you 
peace, it says. That's that well-being, that stability of soul. You'll start losing your luggage. You see, stinking thinking accumulates luggage. Ah, but spirit-led, speaking, uh, spirit-led thinking loses luggage. See, a changed mind ultimately begins to change a life. Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So my call to you today is this. Do you want to get well? Remember, that's what Jesus asked that guy that was crippled by the side of the pool. Do you want to get well? And I'm asking you that same question. Do you want to get better? Do you want to get well? Do you want to be spiritually more healthy? Then by God's spirit, and for God's sake, mind your mind. With the Spirit's help, mind your mind. It'll help you lose your luggage. Can we just take a minute and pray? And then I'm going to ask Mark and the team to come. They're going to lead us in one final song. But as they come, would you just talk to the Lord for a minute? If you have never invited God's Spirit to come inside of you, if you've never put yourself belonging to Jesus, and you want to do that today, that's where, that's where you need to start. Maybe you just say, Jesus, I want to belong to you. I, I believe in you. I'm giving myself to you. Send your spirit inside of me. And then if you've done that, would you say, Lord, by your spirit, help me to recognize what's going on and repent when I need to and replace it and then reinforce it. Would you just ask the Lord to help you mind your mind? Let's pray. And then, then Mark and the team will lead us with this wonderful song that reminds us of chains being off. Let's pray. For more information on Heritage College and Seminary, visit the school's website at discoverheritage.ca. To stay connected with the Reeds, visit their website at rickandlindareed.com.